0: this is the main attraction podcast now here are your hosts justin Strawn and ryan nelson welcome to the main attraction podcast where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry i am your host justin Strawn. joining me each week is the other host of the show who will never love his pets the way omni-man loves his pets ryan nelson i see you
1: invincible creators by casting hollywood nice guy and phenomenal actor Sterling K. Brown. As the multiverse villain,
0: <laughs> I see what you're up to. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking a little Someone bit about beloved for the way he treats
1: people. <laughs> I see you, Invincible Creative.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we got some things to talk about with uh, with the, with Invincible coming up here. So uh, anyway, if you are new to the show, we hope you enjoy it. as we talk about the second season, the first episode of the second season of Invincible. Time and I just lost my notes uh, titled A Lesson for Your Next Life on Prime Video. Uh, if you are new or a regular and like more access to the show, you can visit our Patreon page and become a patron of The Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash The Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, 5 10 or $20 level. And when you join it, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get the show ad-free. Doesn't matter which level you support At 3, 5, 10, or 20, you can get the show ad free. So, coming in as low as the $3 level will get you the show ad free over on Patreon. However, if you'd like some additional bonus content, you can go a little bit higher and you can support us at those levels as well. And you can get some additional content there as well, like bonus episodes and things like that. If you can't be a patron, though, you can still help the show out. You can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can go to both, and you can rate us on both of those platforms. Uh, We'd love it if you gave us a five-star rating. And if you have time while you're there on Apple Podcasts, if you wanted to leave us a review, that would help us out a lot as well. If you would like to interact with the show, you can send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. You can send us any thoughts or questions you might have or any comments you might have uh, about some of the things that we're covering. If you have any suggestions for stuff you'd like to see us cover here on the show, we'll we would love to hear those so just send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app
0: All right, so we are discussing the new season of Invincible. It is releasing this Friday. We are very thankful to Prime Video for giving us uh, some screeners of the first part of season two because they're breaking this up into two sections. We're getting the first four episodes here uh, in the month of November, and then sometime in 2024, towards the beginning of it, we will get the second four episodes. We don't know exactly when that's going to be yet at this point. Uh, Hopefully, they will have a better idea of when they're going to release those. Uh, by the time that episode four airs, but, uh, both of us have had different, uh, experiences with Invincible. I ended up watching it when it came out in 2021, but I didn't catch it when it first came out. I think I caught it when like episode five or six had aired and then kind of binging a little bit of that first season. Uh, you just recently watched it. Uh, so just what was your general thoughts on the first season before watching the, uh, the first episode of season two?
1: Let me just say off the bat, adult superhero cartoons is a blind spot for me. So I just want to admit that. So I really, really loved this. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, You know, it felt fresh to me. I know we've watched the the Spider-Man cartoons, but this felt like different than that. I I really liked it. I, I. I really love the story. Also, it's just, you know, when I can hear J.K. Simmons' voice, you know, constantly, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm always happy. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought the, the voice work, you know, was, was outstanding in the story. Yeah. The story was really good, and they do a good job of mixing the comedy. Thank you, Jason Manzoukas, Uh, you know, in this. And, and, and just the seriousness, seriousness of what, like, it would be like being a teenager and then, you know, being a teenager, hiding your identity. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought they did a really good job. I was very impressed with season one. Now I will tell you <laughs> what I saw. Oh God, this is a multiverse. Not
0: again well, yeah,
1: well, for season two.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So I, I, and I've got some thoughts about that. And I think they're doing a pretty good thing with that. like I said, we'll talk more about that here a little bit later on. Uh, general thoughts. I love the first season of this show. Uh, I, back in 2021, when Nick first came out, like I said, I, I didn't catch it when, when with that very first. I'm sure they did three episodes to begin with, like they pretty much do with everything on Prime Video. Um, but I didn't catch it till probably it was about two thirds of the way through the first season, and I really liked, loved it. I, like when I was watching that very first that very first episode of Invincible, I was really enjoying it. I thought it was really good. I thought they were doing some really unique things that that look animation allows Mm -hmm. you to do some really creative stuff with, with television show. That's one of the reasons why it is a viable medium, even for adults is because you can do some things in animation that you can't do in live action. Um, but what really hooked me with this show was that very first—they're—they're I mean, they're technically post-credits. They only show about like 30 seconds of credits before they go into their post-credits on this on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that very first post-credit scene where Omni-Man ends up going to like the headquarters of the Guardians of the Globe and just slaughtering them yeah, to death—like yeah. I was just like mouth gaping wide open like what is going on here is i wasn't because he doesn't say a word in what he is doing this and i was like is he mind controlled at this point what's going on why is he doing this and it just is becomes a mystery that they just continually try to like either hide and try to reveal slowly as the season goes along in episode in season one and before you finally realize that Viltrum is actually a very evil planet, and they have an empire that they are trying to take over the entire universe. Um, like I said, just the way that they unveil all that, and I had forgotten like some of just the insane things they do in that very first season. I mean, They take Mark to Mars, and he has a battle with people on Mars. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. I mean, they just do some insane things in that first season. And the amount of people who die in this show has to be, like, record numbers for a television show. (laughs) Absolutely,
1: Yeah. Maybe the boys' universe make it. Well, yeah, maybe.
0: Maybe. But, and like I said, that's just, that's one of the things that they can do with, with a, yeah. a an animated show, is they they can push limits. They can they can do things like that on anime. Because if you have the amount of blood and stuff that they do on right. this show in live action, it's probably not going to make it to, to well, screen.
1: Like in the yeah, oh god, I would hope not. Because like in the <laughs> finale of the first season, when they're fighting in the city and they're just flying through dead bodies right and just, yeah. bodies and killing them you know there's just blood everywhere so yeah you're right uh, i would never want to watch that in live, in live
0: action no you would never want to watch that in live action and so like i said it's uh it's really interesting just the way that they put this entire show together. now i, I, I meant to ask you this and i forgot to tell you did you there is like uh right around comic-con uh prime video released an Adam Eve uh, special? No,
1: I read about it. I haven't. I'll, I'll try to watch it this week.
0: It's it's good. I really I really liked it I, I, when I watched it. I actually just recently watched it because I forgot about it. Uh, it's not required. It, I don't think they're going to pull anything from like okay. It's but. To me, Adam Eve is like she's kind of my favorite character on the show. Uh, I would say
1: she's a really great character. Gillian Jacobs is a fantastic with the voice work on her. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, she may be the best character on the show,
0: and I really like her character. I think she's great, and it just gives mm-hmm. a little, it gives a lot of background into uh, how she got her powers and how she ended up becoming who she is, and just uh, everything with her. So, like I said, it's just a, it's, a, it's a really good story. So, if they ever want to like do a spinoff just of of her as well, I, you know, I would all be, I would be all for it because it's a really. It's She's just a compelling yeah. character. Um, but anyway, so uh, so that's kind of where we were with the first season. Uh, after watching the first episode of season two, what did you think?
1: I, I still enjoyed it. I'm a little concerned about the multiverse because yeah. I feel like we're just getting so much of this. But, you know, they did it in a different way. They come out with this, you know, f- crazy scene where mark is now a bad guy so you're like okay this has to be a multiverse this has to be and then you get the where then you you know the credits are all and then he's back to be in you know deal modern day in this verse uh you know universe dealing with the the after effects of what happened in chicago I, i i thought it was really good i love the needle drop of uh Radioheads, Karma Police, is mm. how he's dealing with everything. I thought that was just fantastic. I love how he's kind of doing superhero stuff hidden, so right. nobody knows who he, who he is. And just, you know, he he he's just grieving. He, he's hurt, and he isn't. He can't tell anyone. He doesn't know what to do. And it's, it, I mean, it was very compelling to watch that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. One the, I, you said it was obviously multiverse. I wasn't sure. If it was a dream sequence that he was going through or if this was... At first, I thought it was going to be a dream. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. And then when you see the guy go into the portal, it's like, okay, there's obviously something else going on here. And then it's like you said, we get the needle drop and he's back to being regular. And Now, here's what I think. I was, I'm was i with you. I was I was a little concerned about just the whole uh, multiversal thing. But one of the things I think they're doing correctly with this, and this is one of the things I think that I I'll, I'll like with... If, if I'm correct... I think it's going to be a good way to do this. I think they're introducing a multiversal character. I don't know that they're doing a multiversal story, if that makes any sense. Okay. Uh, okay. That obviously uh, the character, who was place him again? I forgot. What was his name? Sterling uh, K.
1: Brown. Yeah, Sterling and K.
0: probably went around like, who's the nicest person in Hollywood that people really love? <laughs> let's, let's hire him as the let's, villain. Let's hire him. Uh, and, you know, I think he is going to be, I think he's just going to be, just he'll bring in aspects of a multiverse, but I don't think we're going to go full. I yeah. don't think we're going to go full multiverse with him. Uh, I, I maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like he, like, he may bring in like other marks or anything like that but i don't think we're going to like go into all these different uh universes and maybe i'm wrong okay. like i said maybe i'm wrong maybe, they, well, maybe I, they will. I was
1: reading some prep and robert kirkman who i didn't realize you know had was the creator of this uh you know who's from the walking dead right he talked about like i think they had done the multiverse maybe like in 2003 mm-hmm. so their multiverse their story has been around for a long time, and they were kind of sticking to that. Okay. So, I mean, I guess if you could read the comic, yeah. you could get an idea.
0: But I, that's one of the things I do like about this is I've, you know, I have read some comics. I'm not, a, I'm not a comic expert, but I, I have a general. Whenever we talk about MCU stuff or DC stuff on this show, I've got a pretty decent understanding of of the comics and the. And the source material, this one I was completely unfamiliar with. I've never gone back and read any comics in the Invincible series. So, like I said, I didn't even know that this comic series existed. And so, like I said, it's kind of neat to be able to get something that's completely Mm -hmm. fresh and completely new to me as well. So, like I said, I'm completely unfamiliar with any of the comic stories of this. And if they have done a multiversal story in their comics, I I would guess then that they probably are going to do something multiversal in this. It makes sense that they want to go down that road just because it is kind of the thing going on nowadays. Uh, yeah. But they're going to have to, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to, they want to, to do it right. And They're going to have to uh, tell a compelling story that makes sense and that. And be different. And be different, like and be different yeah. And look, we got a lot of that going on. The other story that we're, the other show that we're covering right now, obviously has its own multiversal uh, yeah. things going on. But that, like I said, Loki, I think is doing a really good job with that. I think they've done, mm-hmm. I think yeah. they've done a a really good job of telling their look. Marvel has multiversal issues. Don't get me wrong, but I think with Loki, they seem to have a pretty good grasp on what they're trying to do yeah. with it. So I think, look, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. If they want to mm-hmm. go down a multiversal road, I enjoyed season one so much that. I'm willing to give them some leeway here and say, "Hey, you go right ahead and you do that." Uh, I think yeah, I all- trust these writers for sure. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, I, I really will be interested to see where they go down with it. Um, we get pretty much all of our main characters back here at the beginning of of this particular episode, we've got, uh, well, we don't really get J.K. Simmons. Uh, we don't really get him. We get, uh, we see him in, in like the other, we see him in the beginning. Yeah, we yeah, see him the, at the other beginning. World. And that's, but that's not the one that we've been dealing with, yeah. obviously. Uh, I will say this. I was not real familiar with Stephen uh, uh, Yoon, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, I was not real familiar with Stephen Yoon. I've I even forgot that he was the voice of Mark, but I think he's just absolutely a perfect cast for he for is. Mark because he has a vulnerability, he has a little bit of a whininess to him he that yeah. that the character kind of requires and because uh especially there in that first season i'll be interested to see how they do it in the second season but that first season he sometimes does go a little bit into whiny brat territory and yeah, yeah. but not that's not it's not just overwhelming yeah. but now, he needs w- when that when
1: you said you're not familiar with Stephen Yoon, that was in 2021 you are now you've yeah, yeah, yeah. beef that, and nope yeah. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah 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 i said uh, prior to the, uh, prior to this i wasn't real familiar with him and he's about to be in marvel as well no, that's right what's he doing in marvel i forgot um the one that um
1: julia louise dreyfus is doing oh
0: oh yeah that's the um uh oh crud i can't remember the name of it um uh <sighs> crud uh oh well i'm not gonna worry about it but anyway uh but yeah I thunderbolts remember. thunderbolts thank you yeah he's gonna be in that i would forgotten about that uh but he's like i said he's really he's
1: he's, a he's really, really good he's
0: really good cast he's a really good casting choice for for this role um Like I said, J.K. Simmons, honestly, is just perfect as Omni-Man. I mean, he He is is. so... He just has that gravitas to his voice. And Uh, you know him
1: immediately.
0: Yeah, you You do. You know it's J.K. Simmons. You do, and... I look. I don't know if the Omni Man character in the comics is looks like he does in this in this show, but he yeah. looks like J.K. Simmons on he on the show. Looks a lot like J.K. Simmons. As uh, like I said, just the and then looks the older version of it's the younger version of J.K. Simmons that we got yeah. like in Spider Man with the mustache with the the crew cut haircut. Uh, like said, nowadays yeah. J.K. Simmons doesn't have hardly any hair at all whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, it it does look a lot like him. Um, Zazie Beetz, who plays his girlfriend, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with her, but if you saw Deadpool, Atlanta, oh, oh I, yeah, Deadpool. Uh, I, see, I haven't seen Atlanta, so if you saw the second Deadpool, she plays Domino in uh, the second mm-hmm. second Deadpool, and she was really good in that. Uh, yeah, she was. She's good as this actress. She's uh, she's good in this voice. Look, the, yeah, the entire, I love her. this entire cast is just. It's really impressive that they got. What I discovered I is, what I discovered is, you can get a, you can get a, like an all-star cast for voice acting because. It doesn't pay nearly as well because, like, you sit – for somebody uh, – I listened to a podcast uh, about this when I was listening to a podcast about uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. You can get huge stars because, like, you may have to pay them, like, $20,000 for, like, a weekend of recording, and that's all, right, that's right. all they do. And so you can – you don't have to pay them millions upon millions of dollars to get them to come in and do this. So you can get a whole bunch of people. So, I mean, you've got – the people that are in this, you got Stephen Yoon, you got J.K. Simmons, Sandra O oh plays the mom. Uh, you got she's Wal- great too. Yeah, she's wonderful. You got Walton Goggins, who <laughs> neither of us recognized at first because he's just doing his own little voice. <laughs> so that's
1: Walton Goggins, not Southern. <laughs> yeah, not, not Southern Walton
0: Goggins. Not Southern Walton Goggins. Just Walton Goggins sounding like himself. That's what he sounds like. He plays Cecil Stedman, who is kind of like the leader of the superheroes in.
1: I, I really like that part. Yeah, Because just- that part really got bigger as the first season mm-hmm. went on, and uh, it's, it appears to be a huge part of season two. I really like that, and it just... You would never guess it's Walton, Walton Goggins. No, you
0: wouldn't. You you absolutely would not guess it's Walton Goggins. Uh, but Zachary Kento's in this. He plays the robot. Uh, Jason Manzoukas, who we always love. This is like the fourth thing yeah. we've covered of Jason Manzoukas. I know. Uh, he plays Rex. Uh, let's see, some other people in this. Clancy Brown's in this. Uh, he plays the— Clancy Brown, we cover a lot, too. Yeah, we've covered him quite a bit in this as well. Uh, Mark Hamill's in this for a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, so like, Well, so,
1: also our guy, Chris Dometopoulos from— uh, Miss um, Davis. Oh yeah, yeah. Jake was it JQR? What was, this? He was the
0: really funny character? <laughs> he was the funny character in that. I don't remember yeah. but he's in this as well. You're correct about that. And uh Kevin Michael Richardson, he looks familiar. I'm not sure he J- does look familiar. But he yeah. plays the Mahler twins. Uh then obviously i And you know, they're great. Oh yeah, they're they're one of the best parts of this thing. Uh then you got Jillian Jacobs who plays Adam Eve. Like I said, just the cast in general is just really phenomenal. Uh but you can have a great cast, but if you don't have a really good story, then none of it's going to work. And that's mm-hmm. the that was obvious. That's going to be the challenge of the second season: is what's your story going to be? And it, it becomes it's become pretty clear here at as we watch this first episode, the story is going to be centered and it's going to be driven around Mark struggling with the concern with the fear that he will become his father, and that's that's yeah. the concern. And that's and they're doing a really good job of showing that at least here in this first episode.
1: Yeah, you could definitely tell that's the road they're going to, and him forgiving himself.
0: Yeah, because he he says he doesn't think he saved anyone because so many people died uh, at the end of of season two. And he he talks about that, you know, I didn't save anyone. And, you know, Cecil does a really good job, who's played by Walton Goggins, points out to him, you know, you saved a lot of people. Yes, you don't, even though a lot of people died, you don't realize just how many people uh, could have died, had you not done what you had done. So, um, And we, we also don't know what the fallout from
1: the city and the United States right. is, you know, since they saw him fighting his dad, right. have people forgiven him? Did, did this real story come out that he was saving the city? So we don't know. He may have to deal with, you know, some hate. Going out oh,
0: there Oh yeah And I'm sure that's I'm sure that we'll probably Explore some of that mm-hmm. as well And throughout the course Of the second season So uh, tell you what Let's take a real quick break And we will get into Just some of the specifics On the episode itself Alright, so when we are talking about the story of this, obviously they have introduced the multiverse. Uh, like I said, I'll be really interested to see how they handle this, uh, because they say in, uh, what's the name of, uh, what's his name's character? I can't remember the, the character's name. Uh, Angstrom. Thank you. Angstrom. Angstrom. Uh, angstrom when he is talking he's basically discussing you know he has all these different versions of himself and he's going to he can access all these different uh universes when he is discussing all of this it's obvious that they're going to be doing something. Like I said, I wasn't really sure if they're going to go complete multiverse on this and that they're going to really explore all the different multiverses out there or if they're just going to be focusing on uh, just like just him having multiversal aspects to it. Uh, that's going to be the thing that I'm really interested to see. What are your fears with them? Because we, we kind of talked about this here at the beginning, opening of the, of the podcast. What are your fears with them doing this? Uh, what makes you concerned about that?
1: just it's just that it feels like uh, the flash or dr strange that it, it feels like it's doing the same thing because the the what this show has going for it is it feels fresh it feels like right. a different take on the superhero genre it's also what the boys has going for it. right and like if this starts feeling like the flash multiverse or dr strange then it's gonna be like oh man no, don't yeah. do
0: that. I will say this. One of the things I think that one of the, like I said, one of not I just trust the writers, but one yeah. of the reasons why I think they can do, it'll be easier for them to tell a multiverse story. If they do go down the full, full throttle multiverse, if they decide to go down that road, they're already doing something completely different with this. I mean, by bringing in and mm-hmm. having like that, that creation, that contraption that he has, where he has like hundreds of himself, they're right. already doing something different. Uh, That's true. They're, That's already, they're already doing a fresh take on this. And yeah. bringing in all these different versions of the Mauler Mahler twins, bringing all of them in uh, is a – like I said. So they're already doing something. So I'm, I'm confident if they do go fully down a multiversal story that they'll be able to do it well. My concern is – because if you look at like the, the poster for this season of the television show, there it's a picture of Mark, but like there's a reflection of in the water or something. I don't exactly remember what it looks like. But but there's a reflection and the reflection is his father. So if they go down my concern is if they decide to go down and do a, a, a true multiversal story, that they don't focus on what I think is going to be the compelling aspect of this season, and that is Mark's angst about possibly becoming his father and having to deal yeah. with that and his concern, his worry about that. Um, I like what they are doing with the other superheroes in this. Uh, we've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, not, um, not explode. Not explode. Well, I like him. Uh, he's great. Uh, uh Jason Manzook is as fantastic as him. Uh, it's the guy who lives forever. Uh, Immortal a man, man. A immortal man. Immortal, immortal. Yeah. The yeah. immortal, no, the immortal is his name. Thank you. Um, He's kind of, they basically, uh, Cecil comes in after a fight that they have here with the Guardians of the Globe, who are the new ones that they re- end up recruiting and forming uh, in season one. They have this big battle with this giant thing. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's, they're not doing really well with it. And part of it is their leader, who is Robot, who is voiced by Zachary Kinto, uh, and good. Kudos to Zachary Kento because I did not realize that's who that was for the longest time. I didn't either, <laughs> yeah. I uh, he is struggling because he's now got, he's actually there in the, he's basically Iron Man, basically is what he is. Yeah. And he is struggling to deal with the fear that comes along with actually being there in the battle as opposed to just kind of being a, you know, just kind of like, just puppeting a puppet for the most part is what he was doing previously. So they've got to bring in some fresh blood. They bring in a uh, mortal. I can't remember the uh, the name of the other person that they brought in, uh, but they're bringing in some new oh, blood. It was, it was Jay Farah, the comedian from Saturday. Night Live was, yes. The voice was uh, bulletproof. Bulletproof. Thank you. Uh, bringing him in as well. So they're obviously bringing in some new blood and I like the tension that is immediately between a mortal and uh, Mark, it, Moral obviously yeah. does not trust him because of everything that happened between him and his father, uh, so that makes sense. Uh, I like the tension that they got there, and mm-hmm. like I said, I like what they're doing with these other superheroes. And I, like I said, I love Adam Eve, Jillian Jacobs, who's the voice of of Adam Eve. She is, like I said, she is one of my favorite characters in this entire show. Uh, she may be my favorite character. She's just yeah. got such an interesting power set, and the way that they have done that character who just seems to, you know, yes, she wants to save people, but she just kind of wants peace and all this other type of stuff. It's a right. really fresh take on just the superhero in general. And she's like high school mean girl yeah. that becomes nice. Yeah, you're right. She's a high school mean girl that becomes nice. I mean, uh, and like I said, that's just kind of one of the things I like about the way that they uh, the, some of the things they explore with her in and that special they have with her in uh, Adam Eve. So, uh, I like the fact that they are really diving into like Cecil isn't going to allow him to help out in any official sanctioned missions until he's hundred percent confident. And I like the fact that it takes Adam Eve kind of pulling him along the road. And like, even though that they're the same age that they're both teenagers and they're both going through a lot of the same stuff. Adam Eve is kind of a mentor to Mark in this. Yeah. He really, yeah, she really is. And she
1: like, like you said, when she realized in the, in the middle of the first season that they were going through the same things and there was like some romantic tension as well. Right. So uh,
0: yeah, I, I love that character. I love the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, and one of the things I do like you mentioned that there was a little bit of romantic chemistry between them. They still don't do I think what would have been the obvious thing. They don't uh, put Amber. They, the, don't, they don't do the Amber. a love triangle. Yeah, they don't do a love triangle. At least they haven't yet. They may eventually. But they haven't gone down that road yet. They haven't done like the jealous girlfriend thing with Amber uh, with yeah. between between her and Adam, so they haven't done any of that, which I've I've liked, and I hope that they don't go down that road. That it's possible they could eventually, but I've enjoyed the fact they haven't done it yet. If they ever decide to, they'll probably do it. I hope they just do it well. But they they've yeah. avoided that trope at this point, and I hope they keep it up. So, uh, let's talk about the molar twins a little bit. Uh, they are two of my favorite characters because like they, yeah. they, they seem like unkillable, and like one of the things that's so great about right. the molar twins is they're like brilliant. But they're also kind of dumb as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't ever know if they're truly geniuses or like what's well, they, going they on. They keep getting out of jail. Yeah, though. they, they do. Yeah, they, they always find a way to get out of jail. Uh, they can never seem to stay incarcerated for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And like I said, the scene that they have at the beginning with the, one of the guards that's working at their prison. Like, we didn't kill you because we like you. Uh, and as long as you keep bringing us good food, which you're not currently, we'll we'll keep it that way. Uh, yeah, what did
1: they like? Chicken and dumplings? I think it was last year. I think it was chicken and dumplings. Yeah, I think you're
0: correct about that. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I, I know I've seen Kevin Michael Richardson somewhere. I just don't know exactly where, but... Uh he's great as the Mauler twins. Yeah, uh, he is fantastic. Just the way that they and the way that they are always arguing about who is the clone. Uh that's another just wonderful part of this of the of yeah. the show.
1: So Kevin Michael Richardson is mostly a voice actor.
0: Okay. Well maybe that's maybe I've heard his he's voice. He's done him. a lot of voice work. Okay. Well that maybe that's where I'm I've heard him from other things. That would be my guess. But um uh, uh, one of them, like I said, they just have so many d- great interactions because uh, Gray Griffin plays Monster Girl, and just the interaction between Monster Girl and Robot in this show is just really fun to watch. I like watching the two of those yeah. interact with each other, and Monster Girls. Power is just so interesting because every time she turns into the monster, she gets younger. Uh, like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's huh. just an interesting it's an interesting power set because it's like, eventually, she, you know, she's not going to be able to do it anymore because she's going Benjamin to. Benjamin Button? Yeah, she's got kind of a Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin Button type thing. So, uh, Easy movie, by the way. Talk I, about a horror movie. I, have I, you seen I, I have not seen Benjamin Button. I have not. <laughs>
1: the end of that movie
0: creepy <laughs> uh yeah i never I never seen it so uh one well, I probably should go back and watch but um like there's just it's just a lot of really interesting aspects in this so but it all leads up to the end where adam Eve Adam Eve has basically kind of gotten mark to understand what he needs to be if he's going to be doing this, he has to be a team player uh and basically what that means is going to see someone saying look, I'll I'll go to you, I'll, I'll do whatever you want, I'll be under your command, I will follow your orders, I will do what I'm supposed to. And it leads to this big, huge confrontation to, between the Mahler twins and uh, with A- Angstrom. Um, so there's this big, huge confrontation, they end up fighting and Angstrom ends up like killing all the other versions of himself, but is that, like, his brain that's, like, going down his entire back now? I was going to say, he's, he is uh, deformed now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, I guess he's going to, like, be the villain of this thing uh, is is what it looks like going forward. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like for sure. So, like I said, I'll be interested in what they do with that. But it's another issue that Mark is having a problem with. When he shows up, a lot of people end up dying because of the fact that he that he intercedes and that he shows up to try to stop whatever's going on because they don't understand what's going on at this point. And he's dealing with the guilt of that. And Cecil is, again, trying to tell him, you did what you were supposed to. There's no telling what the Mahler twins were up to. There's no telling what they were getting ready to do. Um, but he's having a hard time buying into this. He's having a hard time believing it. And this is kind of where the episode ends for for, for this week and is going to take us into uh, episode two for next week. And like I said, I don't, I don't really know, you know, where they're going with it as well. We still haven't, we still don't know if Omni Man is getting ready to come back to to Earth, because yeah. obviously that's the big thing. Omni Man yeah. said he's going to bring Viltrum back, and they're going to take over over the planet. Uh, at least that's what we assume, anyway. And you know, we haven't seen uh, what's his name's character, uh, the guy who meets him on the moon in season one. Um, oh. Uh- Seth Rogen, yeah, Seth Rogen, Alan character. the Alien, yeah, Alan the Alien. We haven't seen Seth. R- I'm sure Seth Rogen's character will give us yeah. some insight into that at some point, but we haven't seen him, so that's kind of the thing that's kind of looming over this is Omni Man. You think will return at some point, and uh, you got some tension about Mark trying to figure out, you know, who he's going to be, what he's going to become, and just the guilt that he has every single time that he does this, and just the collateral damage that they that always happens whenever there is some type yeah. of confrontation and like i said that's the part of this that i'm that is that's what makes this story so good uh at least that's what i think is going to make this season so good but uh we'll see just how they handle it uh, as we go forward anything else you want to talk about with this first season first episode of oh, excuse me of season two
1: no, I really enjoyed it, and it, you know, again, it does a good job of getting you excited to see where they go from here.
0: Yeah, it really does. It was this was a really good introduction into uh, mm-hmm. the second season. Uh, like I said, it's it builds on everything that we saw in the first season. It gives us a lot of it. It, it continues down that same that same path that we got in uh, season one. So I'm really interested to see what they do here in season two. So, all right, uh, let's do some with the awards then, shall we? Let's do it. All right, so here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, we give out four weekly awards. The I'm sorry, three weekly awards. Uh, the first one is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP of the week. Who is your Tyrion Lannister? I'm going with Stephen Hune as Mark Grayson Invisible. Yeah, it, it, like, it's... There's going to probably be some other characters who have uh, opportunities, for sure, yeah, to, to to really shine in that spotlight at, at times throughout the course of this season. But this first one is really about him, uh, and kudos to Stephen Yoon for being able to, in that multiversal aspect of it, to show like this cocky, arrogant, "I'm going yeah. to kill you all" type character there at the very beginning and then we transition into it later in the episode where he is the humble you know confused dealing with some things uh teenager angst type stuff uh that's on a superhero level later on in the episode so like you said uh, credit to him and i'm with you so i really think he has to be the mvp for this week the agatha all along the best scene of the week what's yours
1: I think it's the first scene yeah, where really we is. see mm-hmm. Mark as a bad guy. Like, where where is this going?
0: Yeah, because you don't know exactly what they're doing here. Because when yeah. you last see them, because it even opens up, like the very first thing that they open up with is, is mark at least I th- maybe maybe i'm think- remembering this incorrectly i thought it was like the very first thing that we see is mark kind of emerging from those rocks that he was beaten to a pulp for his father with or was that after uh, that opening scene i think that was after okay i
1: think that
0: was that okay i couldn't remember but anyway like i said i'm with you because you don't know exactly what's going on there you don't know you know you're like wait a minute he didn't he didn't team up with his father did something happen that we don't yeah. know about so there's a lot of questions and then when they reveal oh it's actually just a, a different universe and the fact they reveal that in most universes he teams up with his father so we're getting something that's a little uh, bit different than yeah, what happens yeah. in most circumstances so uh the if you come with the king you best not miss your best line for the week what'd you have
1: i don't get to be sad i'm part of the problem that yeah, said that, by Mark.
0: yeah that was a really good one i uh, i was really liking the some of the honestly i really liked all the lines that he was giving as well in that pre-recorded video where he's talking to the earth like you know if you uh yeah y- i know you think we're the bad guys you know you think that we're we're evil yeah, yeah. like i said i really liked a lot of lines in that as well but i think the one that you had is probably a little bit better than anything that was in there so Alright, rating time. Here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, we have a five-tier rating system that we assign to it. Up top, at the top of our list is a Succession. Beneath the Succession is a Lost. Middle of the Road Forest is Friends. Beneath the Friends is a Full House. And bottom of the Barrel Forest is a Baywatch. What are you giving uh, Invincible after the first episode of the second season?
1: Well, the first season would have definitely been a succession for right. me. I uh, uh, definitely so you know what we'll stick it as a succession for now. Uh, yeah. You know they've done nothing. The multiverse is the only reason I'm any way concerned.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I think that. You know that is a cause for concern. I think there is some reason to be concerned about possibly going down a multiversal road with this. However, what they've done up until this point, what little we've gotten of it, if they are going down a true multiversal story, I think they've done it fresh in new ways. That I'm confident they can keep it that way. I'm with you. The first season to me was easily a succession. Um, yeah. So I'm, and like I said, they. This one was just as enjoyable to me as what we've seen in any of the previous ones. And I want to keep it as a succession uh, as well. So we'll see what they do with the multiverse. Uh, if they're going to go down a full multiversal story, uh, if they are willing, if they do that, how they, how they execute it. But up for right now, I think they've executed very well. So Absolutely. All right. Before we sign off for this week, we do like to do some things that we are looking forward to. We like to get, uh, Some things that we're looking forward to that we want to share with our audience so that they can kind of be anticipating it as well. What are some things that you have that you're looking forward to?
1: So uh, the new season of For, Ma- For All Mankind, season four, right? Yes, right.
0: yes, they have season four. yeah mm-hmm. Season
1: four, November the 10th is the start of that. So looking forward to seeing where they take this story. Uh, we love the first two seasons. The, the end of season three, we both kind of are like, Man, that show was a succession. It went downhill. Yeah, but, uh, it was still
0: good, yeah, but it, wasn't, it was
1: still good, but it wasn't as great, as, right, as the prior seasons. And they lost a lot of characters. So I'm interested to see where they go from here. And that we had another big time jump. So, uh, for all mankind, uh, season four, November the 10th, and then the new Nathan Fielder Emma Stone show, The Curse, is finally coming out on Paramount Plus, November the 10th. What is that? Oh, okay. With Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing an HGTV-style show.
0: And when does it come out? November the 10th. November the 10th. Okay, yeah. That one's definitely... I won't be looking forward to that
1: Nathan Fielder looks like he's doing Nathan Fielder things.
0: Yeah, uh, look. I haven't seen... I have not seen any... uh, previews or trailers for it but I, i'm really excited it looks to, good yeah it does look good uh, it really does so uh you got anything else or is that all you got that's it that's okay it. uh the only thing uh i was going to put on the mind as well uh the uh new season of uh for all mankind i'm looking very much forward to that that was one of the things I, i've got on there i'm with you on it i'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they do here in season four I'm hoping they can kind of get back to what made it so great in season one and two. It looks like it's like we said, it was still good in, in season three. It just yeah, wasn't quite yeah, yeah. the same level that they had in the previous seasons. I'm looking forward to uh, a movie that is... I'm not sure if it's out currently or if it's coming out. Uh, it's called Freud's Last Session. Uh, it is about uh, Sigmund Freud and C.S. Lewis. Uh, apparently, Freud was, uh, at some point, a, a psychiatrist for, for C.S. Lewis. Uh, Anthony Hopkins yeah. plays Sigmund Freud and Matthew Goode plays C.S. Lewis. I said I'm not sure if it's already out. Wow. Not, so I've not seen this. It's an 8.8 8 on uh, on IMDb, yeah, mm-hmm. IMDb.
1: But maybe it came out like at a uh, at a festival or something like that. The festival, yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah. I've been looking for the release date and I've not seen one, but it's. Uh, my guess is probably has been at a at a festival or something like that. But yeah, I bet it's
1: been at a I bet it's been at a festival.
0: But yeah, uh, it looks really good. Uh, to uh, look anything with Anthony Hopkins normally is pretty good. But yeah, uh, and Anthony Hopkins. Very old man. We need to enjoy him while we can. Yeah, we do. So, uh, but like I said, uh, yeah, it's coming
1: out December twenty second.
0: Okay. Yeah, I figured it was. I didn't think it was already out already, but uh, it was also interesting. Apparently, Anthony Hopkins actually played C.S. Lewis in another role. I don't know, uh, and like I said, I don't know what that was. But uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, And honestly, we got. Uh, when this airs, uh, a week from when this airs, because we're recording on Sunday night, but this is going to air on Friday when uh, Invincible actually ends up being released. Uh, a week from today, when this releases, uh, we have the newest MCU film, The Marvels. Uh, it is oh, yeah. the sequel to Captain Marvel, the sort of sequel to Captain Marvel. Um, but anyway, it's the only my son has obviously gotten real big into the MCU, uh, my daughter. Uh, she's only seen one other prior MCU film, and that is Captain Marvel. And the only reason she wants to go see this one is because it has cats. Uh, so she loves cats. Uh, I forgot cats are a big part of the Marvel <laughs> yeah, they franchise. Are, they are a big part of the Marvel franchise. So uh, she saw the cats on the trailer, and she's like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I definitely want to go see it. So uh, me, my son, and my daughter are going to go.
1: Hey, whatever can get them in the box office, we'll take it.
0: That's right. So, uh, and uh, We're thinking about covering it. Uh, we haven't quite decided yet, but I think we'll end up covering it just to have it there because we do pretty much all the mcu movies so uh anyway other than that that's about all i've got anything else you want to add ryan
1: appreciate everyone joining us and we will talk to you
0: next time i will echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true